Hi, I'm Holly. And I am Danielle. And you are listening to The Spooky Hour. Hello, friends. Hello. It's Friday. It's beautiful outside. It's gorgeous out. I'm actually a little upset. Um, when I went down for my nap as a toddler that I am, uh, it was really shitty outside. So I was like, fuck it, I'll take a nap. And then the second I wake up, it's gorgeous. It's sunny. It's warm. The birds are chirping. And I was like, I wasted my whole day in bed. Yeah. Now I feel like an asshole about it. <laughs> Whatever. It's supposed to be nice all weekend. And it's Friday. So you have Saturday fuck and Sunday. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for the nice weather. Uh, I was just telling Danielle, my animals have all been getting antsy. Um, I have a tortoise, and she has a sense of when it's springtime, and she just goes absolutely apeshit. So right now, she has destroyed her tank. Uh, There's plants everywhere. She's got two caves on top of each other. It's a mess. So we're hopefully getting her outside this weekend, because it's going to be beautiful. I cleaned up our patio. Yeah? Yeah, so I cleaned up the patio, and everything's all clean. We got Kylo's pool out. I am dying for a patio drink with you right now. Honestly. I cannot wait. We're trying to, we were trying to justify it earlier. Like her backyard's big enough that if I sit at one end and she sits at the other, we might be okay. Yeah. That's more (laughs) than like two feet apart. But it's starting to get nice out and that's just kind of like what we do. We love to just sit and chat on the patio. Um, I've got a pool at my mom's house. We usually head over there in the summer and I'm really hoping we can do that. I know. Well, the province is starting to open up on Monday with slowly. Slowly. Very Very slowly. Very slowly. Which I appreciate. We're not going to, no offense if you're from Georgia listening to this, but I don't think your governor made a smart move there. No. Not, <laughs> not, not one bit. I'm sorry. No. But... And I love Georgia. We went to Atlanta a couple years ago and I'm obsessed with it. So like literally no offense ever, but your governor's not the, not the <laughs> smartest. Um, there's like pictures of people in restaurants and it's just so baffling to me. They're just going to have another outbreak and it's just going to get worse and it's never going to settle. Yeah. I'm so on the fence, though, because, like, I have seen those, um, like, the videos and stuff of people saying that, like, we're never going to build an immune, t- uh, sorry, an immunity to it if we're still social distancing. Mm-hmm. So, Makes like, sense. I do agree that we have to open up to an extent and start to build up, you know, those antibodies and stuff. But, like, wait till the vaccine. Once, y'all. <laughs> yeah, wait until that va- you get that vaccine with those half-beaten dead antibodies. And then your body yeah. can freaking build a resistance to that. Like, wait, just calm down. <laughs> This whole thing is so weird to me as, like, a conspiracy theorist nerd and, like, a general distruster of the government. It's, like, yeah. I don't know, like, how much to believe from each news source. So I'm just kind of, like, I'll just live in my own bubble and just accept it for now. <laughs> but, oh, there was a coyote in my backyard. More exciting news. Yeah, I went outside today because I slept until 11 o'clock because that's who I am as a person now. But I took her out and my neighbor was out and he's like, are you going down the path? Because I guess he knows her walk. And I was like, yeah, like I'm going to go walk her. And he's like, I wouldn't go back there. There's a coyote. It's like a coyote family back there. And I was oh, like, family? yeah, Aww. apparently I didn't see them. I haven't seen anything. I've seen coyotes here before. I don't want to like scare them off. And I also don't want to scare Kylo. So I just didn't take her down there. But, yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much. Oh, I put my Christmas tree up. That's the only other story I have. I've... Oh, yeah. That was the host, guys. I don't know. Whoever has been paying attention to our stories, our Q&As, I was like, I'll let you guys pick. See uh, which one of us put up the Christmas tree. It yeah. was Danielle. Yeah. If you if you picked me, honestly, just don't follow us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's personally offended. <laughs> I am personally offended. But yeah. It's just my mini tree. I have this mini tree and I put it in our hallway and I was having a really bad day and i needed something uplifting so i put my christmas tree up and holly also dared me to put it up so i put it up. i did i approved of it because it's a it's a bad week i Mm -hmm. feel like everyone's kind of having like a ho-hum week this week we're on week seven of this shit so i hate christmas 
But if your tree makes you happy, Danielle, then I am so happy for you. Oh, thank you. That was really hard for you to say. It was. Did you see the pain on my <laughs> I face? Did. I did. <laughs> my eyes were closed and I was not looking at her. But I half meant everything I said. You did. Half. Just half, though. <laughs> but that's all the updates I have. Yeah, that's about it. Still not a whole lot going on. Um, we are loving you guys still interacting with us. That yeah. is super awesome. Uh, it keeps me busy. keeps Danielle busy. Yep. Um, and it's nice to see how many of you guys appreciate us too. Like, it's really sweet when we get messages being like, you know, it made my day just like saying hi to you. And I was yeah. Like, oh, There's a- I'm emotional. You guys are all so nice and you all listen to us and our downloads have been unreal right now. Popping so thank you. Off. Thank and you. we also, I'm trying not to jinx myself, but as of right now, we are at 400 followers on the Instagrams, which is huge. Like it's only been a few months and it. Mm-hmm popped off really quick so thank you all for sticking with us through all of this and yeah i guess it's time to get spooky yeah it's time i'm gonna start first and i got a good one yeah she told me she's got like a fucking three-part essay coming at me i'm ready for this you ready for it i am i'm gonna talk about the eastern state penitentiary Ah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's known as the most haunted penitentiary in america and yeah i'm gonna do it in in the way i'm just gonna give you some history Mm -hmm. i'm gonna talk about some of the inmates that i found interesting and then i'll talk about all the spooky stuff fun so this is my essay are you ready (laughs) (laughs) should i be grading while you're speaking please please don't (laughs) um so it opened up in 1829 in philadelphia uh, this building was one of the first to have like heat and running water and it had yeah it, it had it before the white house did wow yeah isn't that nuts like these that is nuts how did that happen though how did they how did they just make that decision i don't know the president does not get heat and running water no but these inmates sure do the one they have now shouldn't get it either so i'm just saying Mm. Mm. but yeah so they had it before the white house which is crazy so i did get a lot of my information from like the eastern states um pen like website so go check it out it's actually pretty neat they're obviously closed because of covid but they have like online tours you can do like virtual tours it's kind of cool i didn't do oh, them pause sorry i just thought of something steph warmack sent me a thing hmm. uh oh fuck what house is it hold on one of the like big haunted houses mm-hmm. the, the house from the conjuring they're live streaming the inside of the house oh when starting saturday may 9th so thank you steph for that yeah thank um, you i'll try to get a link to post somewhere so if you guys want to tune in that's there and obviously i will send it to danielle yeah. sorry to interrupt but i meant to tell you that before we even started recording i thought you just like had like a mental breakdown or something because you scared the crap out no of me. i just really wanted to tell you that but i forgot <laughs> so thanks steph i'm gonna watch that so yeah so i got a lot of the as i said the information from the actual like eastern states pen i'm gonna say pen because saying penitentiary a million times is just gonna screw me up yeah. um it's a but hard word it is <laughs> especially for me but i got a lot of my stuff from there so go check it out it's pretty cool they have like history timelines all that fun stuff um so i'm gonna explain this like when i'm going to explain this i'm gonna call like the people who serve time here prisoners and not inmates because the shit they went through they are literally freaking prisoners they were not inmates so oh, wow. okay. just so i'm not trying to be rude or anything like that i'm just saying that they were legit prisoners at this point um so this penitentiary was built to try and modify the behavior of prisoners like through confinement and salt or sorry confinement and solitary with labor so that's straight from the website so they're like we'll throw them in solitary um they'll work their butts off and 
they can't like see daylight basically and this is going to fix them um so yeah so prisoners instead of like therapy or something i don't know (laughs) yeah they just really screwed up with their brains so yeah that's fine (laughs) Um, So prisoners here were kept in like extremely strict confinement. They were all in solitary and weren't allowed to speak to anyone and even had like limited interactions with the guards. And they weren't allowed to have any contact with the outside world. So they can't write like letters to their family. They they weren't even allowed to have newspapers so they can't even know what was going on. Um, So yeah, so the Pennsylvania system believed everyone was a good person and that if these lawbreakers were subjected to solitude um, and given time for like quiet reflection that they would become penitent and lead to... And it would lead to like re- rehabilitation. So hence, so pe- basically, sorry. So basically, it's like a timeout. Like go sit in the corner. Yeah, and complete. <laughs> Think blackness. about what you did. <laughs> yeah. So that's where the word penitentiary came from, though. So this ah, that totally makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So penitentiary originated with Eastern state. So that's this is where this all okay. started. Um, so prisoners were given their food through feed holes um, through the like massive wooden slide doors. So they literally had like nothing. They spent 23 hours a day in their cell and only got two oh, half wow. hour exercise breaks. And these exercise breaks were like it was like a room that was connected to their cell. So they'd get brought into it. So they'd be exercising alone. Like they wouldn't there. There's no one else there. And it was only wow. for half an hour. Yeah. So if guards were moving um, these prisoners within the prison, um, they would put hoods over the prisoner's head to move them around. So they couldn't see where they were going. They couldn't talk or like see other people. Um, they didn't want to know. They didn't want these prisoners to know the layout of the prison, basically. This is so bizarre to me. Yeah. They got a bath every two weeks. Oh, same. (laughs) (laughs) Me in quarantine. (laughs) It's just crazy. So if these prisoners were caught speaking um, to, like, anyone, they were punished. Some got left in a cell and, like, fed only, like, bread and water. Um, Or they were, like, forced to be confined in, like, a straitjacket and like gagged it's fucked yeah it's it's really messed up wow this is why see this is why i'm saying like these are prisoners and not inmates yeah so i'm gonna get into like some of like the torment and the stuff they went through later on um so i will explain some of the crazy stuff they did go through so this um penitentiary got a lot of visitors and it was like and it, it was like notable visitors like there was people from like the government coming to come see it because it was like the first of its kind right um so charles dickens actually visited the prison in 1842 like the author yeah and he he was disgusted by the conditions he saw oh yeah that's so cool he said and i quote the system is rigid or rigid strict and hopeless solitary confinement and i believe it in its in its effects to be cruel and wrong wow yeah so in 1913 um eastern state pen um gave up on their isolation and penance (laughs) yeah they gave up on it and not for good reasons um, so it's not like they were like, oh, this is terrible what we're doing to these people. They just started to run out of space. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, because these cells, like, they built this place to have, like, the cell was built to have one person. And that was it. Like, that's how small this thing is. Like, all, how, sorry, how small, like, the cells were. So, again, it's not like they were just like, we're terrible people. That's not what they're going for. They just kind of ran out of space. Um, mm-hmm. So their prisoners started sharing these small cells. Um, oh, they worked together. They exercised together. And in 1924, a mess hall was built. So prisoners were like finally able to like eat together like in a big group setting. Um, by 1926, the penitentiary expanded and built more cell blocks. And its population grew from 250 to 1,700. Holy fuck. Yeah. And that's a lot. And 
they it's huge and it's like it's like a, a long narrow hallway and they have these cell blocks or these cells in there but these all these cells were built for one person so they had like up to two to three people in one cell wow yeah so and i'm sure there were zero fights whatsoever no not at all no <laughs> um by 1960 the 1960s easter state pen was going downhill so it's completely falling apart like there was prison riots um inmates were killing each other i know at one point there was a riot because everyone was so like congested that yeah and they were trying to like riot about it because they're like this is like we know we did wrong but like this is ridiculous there's three people in this one cell well, yeah, there's a huge difference between uh like rehabilitating someone in prison and then just straight up punishing them yeah this is like torture. and i think i think that that's a big confusion when people like talk about jail and prison and stuff like that is uh mm-hmm. they, they think that jail is punishment and it is to an extent but the the goal of prison is to let people back out into the real world yeah and <laughs> this isn't doing that no not at all <laughs> And so, like, these inmates had set, like, cells on fire to try to do a statement. Yeah, so by the 1960s, it was all pretty much downhill. Um, Potentially stupid question. Are Mm -hmm. these, like, murderers and stuff, or is it as simple as, like, petty theft? Like At the beginning, they had a limit, so you... If you had a two or less year sentence, you'd be, like, sent to state pen. And it could be something for, like, petty theft. So you were stuck yeah, see, in solitary confinement for petty theft. Yeah, no, that doesn't make yeah. sense to me at all. But then eventually, I'll talk about some of the, the inmates, but eventually, like, people with, like, life sentences, like, for murder and whatever, they eventually got put into this into yeah. this prison. So, um, so in 1971, um, it was officially closed by the state. And over the course of it being open, it held, like, 75,000 prisoners at one point like throughout wow. the term yeah and it was declared a national historic landmark in 1965 um and it opened as a historic site in 1994 so you can like go and tour it as i said before mm-hmm. so that's just a little bit of the backstory like history um i will talk about the torture um in a bit when i talk about like the spooky <laughs> <Yay>! stuff yeah <laughs> um so i'm just gonna talk about some interesting inmates um, so the very first prisoner was Charles Williams. He was a farmer. And as I said before, he was sentenced to two years for theft. So imagine like, again, going to solitary confinement for theft. For theft. It <laughs> for just theft. seems so silly. Yeah. Um, so on October 23rd, 1829, he was escorted into the prison with an eyeless hood placed over his head. Um, the state said that they did this to secure his identity. Basically, they didn't want people to know who was in this this prison in this penitentiary because they eventually wanted to integrate them back into society mm-hmm. and like rehabilitate them so they wanted to, them to come out and people not recognize them from being in prison that was they did one good thing they, that, that's <laughs> what they said <laughs> but that's complete horseshit they just basically wanted oh. to make prisoners um not be able to see where they were going and get the layout of the place to eliminate the chance of them trying to escape and there's probably a fear factor in there as well. Like, you know, you're essentially blindfolded mm-hmm. going into your impending doom. Like, they probably wanted to scare them a little bit too. Exactly. There was definitely... So- they were trying to do something there. That was just the first prisoner that was ever there. Again, petty theft, which is insane. So Stupid. the most... I know. The most famous prisoner to ever serve here was Al Capone or Scarface. Oh, shit. I had no idea. Yeah. So he was Chicago's most famous mob boss. Um, in 1929, he served eight months at eastern state he was arrested for carrying a concealed weapon into a movie theater uh apparently he was given like a lot of luxuries though 
like in this in the penitentiary like at the time the warden denied it but apparently his room was like decorated with armchairs rugs lamps a radio (laughs) do you know what i would totally believe that that seems like such a mob boss kind of like thing right and i know like when you tour the place um al capone's like actual cell he stayed in they have it decorated to look like it did when he was there so it has like the chairs the rugs and stuff yeah so so there is um a prisoner called victor andriol his nickname was babe i don't know why (laughs) (laughs) i didn't ask i just instantly pictured a little piggy right from the movie babe (laughs) um so he was convicted of first degree murder for killing a pennsylvania state trooper in 1937 he was serving a life sentence he escaped in 1943 um so he was in the prison for six six years before you even after the whole bag over your head thing yep wow yep so um (laughs) he did this by hiding in a delivery truck that was leaving the prison yeah he was found weeks later in chester pennsylvania in a diner and police shot him to death oh fuck yeah (laughs) yeah um there was why would he stay so close though i don't know Go to california or something dude right but yeah so he's one of the ones that got out for at least a little bit um so the next inmate that i found like hella interesting and there's a reason why um so leo callahan so i mentioned this guy because he escaped eastern state penitentiary and was never found oh good for him um so he was in for assault and battery with intent to kill in 1923, him and five other inmates made, like, a makeshift ladder, which they used to scale the east wall of the prison. Um, so, like I said, Leo was never recaptured and is still considered to be at large, even though he'd be, like, over 100 years old. So he's probably definitely <laughs> dead. But he's, like, he was still considered at large because they never found him. The other I five wonder guys... wonder if he just got, like, a new identity and all that, or if he just lived under the grid in, I don't like, know. a cabin in the woods. Or maybe he died. Like, right away? Yeah. Yeah, for all we know, he got hit by a car on his way out. You yeah. know what I mean? You have no idea. But the, <laughs> the other five guys that he escaped with, they did get caught. So there was over 100 inmates that tried to escape this prison, and Leo's, like, the only successful one. He's the only one that got away with it. Well, good for him. Yeah. And by, like, <laughs> successful, I mean, like, recaptured. So, like, there's inmates that, like, got out for, like, a week or two, but they ended up recapturing him. They always so, came back. Yeah, so Leo's the only one that has never been recaptured he's the only one that went to california is my guess yeah (laughs) um so william francis sutton is the next inmate or they call him slick willie which i (laughs) that's my exact reaction to this i was love me a good slick willie (laughs) (laughs) i was writing this and like reading about him and i was like this is fucking hilarious i was like could you imagine having your name as slick willie that probably sounded so cool back in the day, though. Like, hey, Slick Willie. <laughs> I'm changing my name, everyone. That's going to be Slick, Slick Willie. Yelly. Oh, that, yeah. Oh. Slick Yelly. Willie's yeah, funnier, like though. <laughs> um, so he was... A, oh, I like this guy already. Right? So he was a very famous bank robber. He spent 11 years in Eastern State um, oh, wow. Penitentiary. He tried to escape with 11 other prisoners in 1945. Um, so one of them, they, they took turns of like digging um, a tunnel that went like under like 100 feet underground, but ended up getting out. Um, so William was recaptured almost immediately. He was credited with over 50 bank robberies. He served more than 30 years behind bars and escaped prison three times. Wow. Yeah. Um, he died in 1980. Um, but he died out of prison. He was living with, like, his sister or something in Florida. Did they let him out or did he escape again? <laughs> no, he, like, served time. He served that his was, time. He was done. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I did my Here's attempts. my thing. How do they... So this this uh, penitent, penitentiary? Mm-hmm. Penitentiary? So this penitentiary 
is like heavily guarded, you know, hella intense, solid. How are, how are these people digging a hole and no no one's seeing it? I have no <laughs> the idea. Security guards. Like they're. Just... I, I assume they're digging with like spoons. Yeah. So like I feel like it's gonna take them a while and no one saw this. They were using like spoons and like crushed up cans. And the hole, when oh you do the God. tour, the hole is still there. It's still in one of the cells. I don't have the patience for that. I would never, ever escape prison. Right? I'd rather wait to serve my term. And especially if, like, prison, like, at one point it has to be really quiet. So, like, what are you doing? Like, is someone just, like... like you just sing over the sound yeah. of your spoon scraping in the wall? Like, like... It makes no sense. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, so he did... He escaped prison three times, which I feel like at that point you're kind of just, like... Because I know, like there was an inmate that only was serving two years and he tried to escape and got recaptured and then his two years went to 10 years Mm -hmm. so this guy did a lot of time for just pretty much escaping i guess so the last inmate i want to discuss and i sent you the picture yesterday of it yeah wait the dog was the inmate yeah we're gonna post this picture (laughs) because i was shocked by this so this oh my god i have a theory okay go okay so (laughs) this is pep the dog in 1924 pennsylvania governor sentenced a dog to life to a life sentence at eastern state penitentiary the dog's name was pep and he was apparently um, or he apparently murdered the governor's wife's cat so pep was assigned an inmate number his number was c2559 and he has a mugshot (laughs) so the picture i showed you yesterday was the top just his head but he has like the thing around his neck with his number and we're gonna post it die yeah okay so i'm too stoned because my theory was that one of the inmates dressed as a dog to escape Mm -mm. so (laughs) (laughs) this is a way better story this poor fucking dog where did your mind go where someone's in prison and is like i'm gonna dress up like a dog well did you see that guy that dressed up as his daughter like no full prosthetic make oh my god i i want to say it was in china i could be wrong um i don't remember what this guy did i feel like he was like a, a drug lord or something um dressed up as his daughter full like prosthetic uh makeup like wig and everything to escape prison amazing and they caught him yeah that is amazing that's well thought out also how did you get prosthetics I forget in how prison? It happened his daughter like came in the prison and then like went out a back way or something so that she came out and then he walked out as her and like signed the the visitor sheet or something that's crazy really smart plan but it didn't fall through but like he had like full-on like like halloween prosthetic makeup on how did he put that on and no one noticed so i mean where did you do that i thought visitations were always like supervised in prison yeah i thought so too but i guess that's why i thought someone dressed up as a dog because i have seen people do something like that before (laughs) amazing but no also i ate an edible (laughs) (laughs) some people say that the governor donated his own dog to like increase inmate morale that's what they kind of went with like it's like uh, but you, we're gonna post the picture because it's the cutest mugshot i've it's ever hilarious. seen in my entire life so did he did he get let out like did, did they free him no <laughs> he served life in prison but he lived his That's life so like a normal dog and just in prison <laughs> it's the most <laughs> ridiculous story i've ever yeah. heard in my life <laughs> isn't that weird so yeah that was the last in my i wanted to discuss that i thought was kind i love that yeah <laughs> um so i'll get into like a little bit of the hauntings um so as i stated before this penitentiary was like brutal um even after it stopped it like stopped it fuck even after it it stopped it even after it stopped its solitary confinement in 1913 it was still pretty brutal with like its punishments on what it did to like the prisoners um so these prison walls have seen over 50 suicides seen disease murder and a lot of torture um Mm. so just some of these torture or just some torture these prisoners went through include a water bath 
where Ugh. they would be dunked into a bath and then hung out on a wall outside in the winter Ugh. to like get ice built up all over their body yep there was this thing called the mad chair where the prisoner was bound so tightly to the chair that circulation would be cut off on their limbs and there has been reports of it resulting in like amputations because it was so tight oh my god yeah um and then there was the iron gag so the name sounds terrifying in itself like it does not sound fun um so a prisoner would have their hands tied behind their back and strapped um they had like a an iron collar strapped it goes like around their neck and then in their mouth and the way it works is if any movement they do um it would cause like their tongue to rip and, and bleed and like the inside of their mouth to bleed so if they moved anywhere it would rip and there is um, this is making my stomach turn yeah <laughs> So this is why I mean, like, these guys were prisoners. They were That's not inmates. So gross. Yeah. I, whenever I hear stories like that, or, like, when you go to medieval times and you go through, like, the torture chamber and all that, I I am such a baby that I would literally rather get, like, the death penalty than something like that. Yeah. Like, I don't even like being tickled for too long. Like I don't like being tickled at all. But there is, um, so they do have, like, the, I forget what they're actually called, but they have, like, the list of how every inmate in this place died. Um, and a lot of them died from like disease, like tuberculosis at the yeah. time, like that kind of thing. But there is one reported death uh, from the iron gag. Uh, so there is like a, an actual I don't know, death. From it. I don't want to know how they died. I'm just we're just gonna leave it at that. Uh, their tongue probably got ripped out and they bled to death. That's probably what yeah, happened. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've never even heard of that device. That's fucked. It's weird when you look at it. You're just like, how does how would that even work? But the way it, I don't, it's just mind boggling. So like, if you make any sudden movement. Like, imagine you had to sneeze. Oh, my God. So, that was probably going to be really loud in editing. <laughs> oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? Like, Because <gasps> you, like, have to open it up. Yeah. You're, maybe that's what that... Do you know what? Is this is this payback for the episode about the, the killer children? Yeah. You're just trying to make me throw up here. Yeah. That's probably how that guy died from the iron gag. He probably sneezed and, like, ripped his tongue oh out or God. something. Oh, my God. Let's move on. <laughs> so, the, the last one is the hole which is like literally a hole or like a pit if you will it's so it's like an underground cell and it's like really low ceilings and people would be put into like this little pit thing and there was no light no human contact there's no toilets no food and not like circulating air so it was just like Ugh. pitch black you'd get fed like bread and water apparently but like it was like legitimate torture like at that point yeah. you go like mentally insane well, I was just going to say that becomes like psychological torture to yeah. after some point. Like, be, like, fuck, we're going through it now in quarantine to a certain extent. Like, you start right. to go stir crazy. Yep. And that's amplified yep. by like a million and ten. <laughs> at least we've got like, you know, running water and stuff. Yeah, they didn't have nothing. They just had darkness and bath every Despair. two weeks <laughs> yeah true it's a really really bright fun sunny episode yeah <laughs> so you can understand why this place would be hell hunted i mean if i went oh, through that yeah. i'd haunt the shit out of it too oh hell yeah yeah so the way it works is like they'll have like cell blocks so it'd be like one two three four and then there's cells within these cell blocks so it's like okay. a long hallway that's considered the cell block so cell block four is supposed to be like extremely active um, so there's a locksmith. His name was Gary Johnson. He was doing a restoration work in cell block four um, on one of like the cell doors. Um, so he was trying to remove like a 140 year old lock or something from the cell door. 
Um, and while doing so, he was hit with like a massive force and it overcame him so powerfully that he was like unable to move. Like he completely froze. Um, he described it to be like an extremely negative and horrible energy. And it was like bursting out of the cell. Like it was just everywhere. Um, he said he experienced like an out of body experience and a bunch of like anguished faces started to appear all over the wall. Oh, wow. Yeah. His experience was so vivid that years after he couldn't even talk about it and like would cringe in fear, like would shake in fear about talking about it. So cell block 12 is known for like echoing voices and someone cackling. It's also to believe... <laughs> it's me. Yeah, it's Holly. <laughs> it's also believed to be one of the most haunted cell blocks. So this is where like the most activity happens is in this cell block. Um, in cell block 15, there's a shadowy figure that is reported and it also like whispers in your ear and then like runs away basically. Um, so people have reported seeing the shadowy figure just like run down the cell block. Like just book it. Like running away from somebody. Who knows? <sighs> like no thank you. Like um, In cell block 8, um, in cell 49... An inmate um, stabbed his cellmate with a pair of scissors, oh, and the cell has like a lot of like reported activity. Um, like you're, it had, you can hear like knocks coming from the cell. Um, they catch a lot of stuff on like the EVPs and like the oh my god, the spirit boxes and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So there's a lot of like that kind of activity. Um, visitors have reported seeing a silhouette of one of the guards in the towers. Oh, yeah. So the guards are haunting it too. Apparently. Eh? There's disembodied voices and echoey footsteps have been heard throughout this prison. Um, Cell doors have slammed shut and locked, like, on their own. Um, It's a common occurrence on the third floor, apparently. Um, There have been several reports of people hearing crying, like, someone crying out in pain, and they're, like, in anguish. Like, they're in extreme pain, as if they're being tortured. Um, People have reported hearing extremely loud, sadistic laughter, which would be terrible. Imagine you're walking through this prison, all you hear is sadistic laughter. They do you said they do tours right they do and the thing getting ideas <laughs> right um so they have like orbs and streaks of light have been captured on like cameras um some visitors have claimed to hear someone calling them out by name and then turning around and there's no one there um people get tapped on the shoulder again no one there there's reports of like large objects being thrown like stones and reports of what sounds like furniture is being dragged along the floor like you'll be on like one like floor and the one above you will just be like furniture just dragging which would be terrifying I, I don't like when like things can't be explained you know yeah. what i mean like orbs and eh, it's a fleck of dust yeah furniture moving that ain't the wind you know what i mean a rock like, being thrown at you you're just like, yeah that ain't the wind yeah many 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 paranormal shows and ghost shows have gone mm-hmm. to this place i'm pretty sure buzzfeed went there and did their own thing i think they did yeah i think so too so they did a lot of like there's a lot of those, but some fun facts to end my little spookiness. Um, Tina Turner filmed her music video, One of the Living There. I did not know that. Yes, yeah. Tina. <laughs> um, some scenes from Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen was filmed there. And Terry Gillum, um, his movie, 12 Monkeys, the institution scene was shot there. So that movie has like Bruce That's Willis cool. and Brad Pitt in it. Yeah. A little fun fact. That's the Eastern State Penitentiary. I learned a lot about that that I did not know. Yeah. And it's supposed to be the most haunted penitentiary ever. Yeah. And every time people that have gone, it's like they've gone there and they have not not experienced something. Yeah. Like people are coming out and be like, I'd love to experience something. Like I've done like so many haunted tours. Like I've experienced small things, obviously in my basement and whatnot. But like I'd love something like solid to happen to me if I were to do something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. I want to 100% see a ghost, not a maybe see a ghost. My goal is to be able to do our own little show at Eastern State Penitentiary, but at night. 
Yeah. So I can pee myself like 60 times. I would love to one day when we have the money go on like a road trip mm-hmm. and just go to like, I don't know, five or six haunted places and then just like film. That'd in be each so much place. fun. And yeah, because like I've, I've experienced stuff, but like I said, it's a lot of stuff that could be explained away. Yeah. I want 100%. There's no way this is not a ghost. Holy shit. Run away scared. <laughs> run away. That's what I want. <laughs> we don't want no Caspers. We don't want friendliness. We want spookiness. Yeah. Okay, don't hurt me though. <laughs> I'm not I'm not inviting any torture, but like you know, let me know you're there. But yeah, that's well, the that was fun. The dog part was hilarious though. Yeah. I can't believe someone's that petty. Someone is pettier than you, Danielle. I know that's surprising because <laughs> I am hella petty. <laughs> but yes, we're gonna post a picture of the mugshot because the dog's mugshot is the best thing that's ever happened. He looks so happy still. I know. I mean, it's not the best like, thing that he's in prison, but the fucking picture is adorable. <laughs> I can't believe someone sent a dog to prison. Right. That person should go to prison. The governor. It was the governor. Fuck that guy. Yeah. I mean, he's dead now, but fuck you. Fuck him anyways. So I guess that means it's my turn. It is your turn. Um, I don't know why I love on unsolved cases so much, but here I am with another unsolved case. We're on a theme. Um, yeah, we are. So this one uh, I thought was kind of cool. So back when Danielle and I first started talking about like coming up with a podcast, I wrote a list of cases I wanted to cover. And this is on there. And in doing my research this week on it, I found updates from 2019. So it's almost Super like I was recent. destined to do this case because I think they're going to close it this <gasps> year. So it could be, it's unsolved right now, but it might not be unsolved. It oh. might not be unsolved. It's sounding, we'll get there, but it sounds like they're at least, they've opened the case back up. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a new lead investigator, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I thought it was really cool that uh, the one I happened to pick this week, there's actually like new news about it exciting <laughs> so today i'm going to tell you about the doodler the, which, what, uh, what? Like I, <laughs> the doodler the doodler okay <laughs> he doodles <laughs> i wish they'd stop giving fun names to serial killers because like he's not a fun person but like the doodler sounds like a clown name or something and they actually name this guy the doodler yeah that's yeah okay he <laughs> okay <laughs> It'll make sense in a second, but that's his name, The Doodler. So the killer stalked San Francisco's gay community in the mid-1970s. This was a time where gay men would hide their true identities. Uh, In fact, in uh, the state, gay sex was illegal until 1976. Oh my god. So it was very much like a negative time to be a gay person. So you could go to Uh, jail for like being with the same sex? Yep. If you got caught having sex with someone of the same sex, you would literally go to jail. That's fucking mind-blowing. That's terrible isn't it weird that and it's not even that long ago if you think Mm -mm. about it like this was in the the 70s um so because of this uh many of the victims were never identified um there's even a few people who had survived their encounter with the killer and uh they wouldn't cooperate with the police because they didn't want to out themselves yeah they didn't want to get arrested for it yeah so for the killer they were kind of like the, the perfect victim to prey on um i don't think the killer chose at random though i think uh we'll get into it but i think the killer also struggled with his sexuality a little bit mm-hmm. um so he would go to local gay bars where he would entice his victims by offering to sketch their portrait hence the nickname the doodler uh he would literally doodle his victims <laughs> oh okay that's um, how they got the name that's not what i was thinking yeah, it's of. A super super original name um so he would strike up a conversation they would leave the bar together um they would have sex uh all of the articles i read alluded to it being consensual sex um so i just wanted to put that out there that's why i'm not saying sexual assault or anything like that as far as i know it was consensual okay um and then he would stab them to death oh okay (laughs) 
Yeah, really nice. Yeah. It sounds like a great date. Uh, the first of the Doodler's alleged victims to be found was Gerald Cavanaugh, who was a 50-year-old man. He worked at a mattress factory. Fun fact. Uh, his body was found early one January morning in 1974, lying by the water on Ocean Beach, where the Golden Gate Park meets the Pacific Ocean. Uh, the coroner states that Kavanaugh's body was, quote, lying on the sand in a supine position. I had to Google this. That means he was just on his back yeah. facing up. Um, there were multiple stab wounds and there was an apparent defense wound on the left little finger. So he tried to protect himself. Yeah. Um, he was stabbed a total of 16 times. Oh my gosh. That's a lot. Uh, the sec- yeah. That's well, overkill that's, that's at that rage. point. Yeah. yeah, that's rage. The next victim to be found was Joseph Stevens. He was a 27-year-old drag queen. Uh, his body was found by a dog walker in Golden Gate Park early one morning in June of the same year. So he waited from, well, quote, waited from January to June between victims. Um, that being said, there were other bodies found that sort of fit this description, but again, were never identified because they were gay and probably disowned by their family, et cetera, et cetera. Which is terrible. Um, so timeline wise he took an eight month break yeah um so according to the coroner's report quote approximately 10 feet west of the deceased's feet was a large disturbed area of brush with a pool of blood there were drag marks from this point to where the deceased was found indicating an altercation had taken place so another guy that seemed to have fought back um, so he was stabbed than- there like he was killed at that point like he kind of killed him there and left them there yeah, so it sounds like they had been fighting for 10 feet. So he fought from, like, this, like, wooded, bushy area. And then uh, the fight, like, ensued onto the beach. And okay. then I'm assuming he died somewhere between the brush and the beach and then was, like, pulled to the beach. Okay. Um, I, again, can't confirm, but I'm guessing that they were hooking up maybe in the bushes and something, like, he started to go south. Uh, just because that's the killer's MO, he would have sex with the victims first. Um. Less than two weeks later, another early morning walker found a body on the beach, the same beach. Uh, he was Klaus Christman, who is a 31-year-old German. Um, I'm assuming he's just a tourist because that's all they said about him is that he was German. Okay. Um, according to the coroner, quote, the deceased's pants were unzipped and opened. The report details multiple stab wounds on Christman's neck and shoulders, quote, in a matter which seemed as though the assailant was attempting to decapitate the deceased. Oh, my God. Um, so he, another overkill, uh, obvious rage kill here. I was going to say, this um, is all pretty much just rage killing at this point. Yeah. So that's why I'm kind of thinking that he struggled with his sexuality, the killer, I mean, um, because it's it's almost like he would have sex with them and then feel such guilt and such hatred that this rage kill would yeah. ensue. That's my thought process, at least. Um, in the summer of 1975, two more bodies were found. Uh, Frederick Kappen was a registered nurse in his early 30s. He was found stabbed to death beside the highway that runs parallel to this ocean beach, the same beach again. Uh, the coroner notes said, quote, there was dried blood smeared on the soles of both shoes, on the hands, around the face, upper torso, anterior lateral and posterior i think those are different parts of the torso so again it sounds like he fought he had dried blood not wounds so dried blood so it's almost like he you know was stabbed somewhere and then kept fighting and maybe got blood all over himself okay um this one's a really another another dark one i'm sorry guys yeah, i'm like this is a lot <laughs> <laughs> um a month later the this is the last one i swear um the fifth and final victim was found in the bushes near the 16th hole on the lincoln park golf course um oh, so he which changed is actually his position like he changed his like, just northeast area. of the beach though oh so mm. still in the same area but not quite on the beach 
Um, they're all with, I think I do say eventually where the radius is, but they are all really close together. So it's, it's pretty apparent that this is one person. Yeah. Um, the coroner report says, quote, the deceased had no underpants and his pants were also unzipped. Uh, he was identified as Harold Gullberg, who was a 67 year old Swedish sailor. In the 1970s, detectives said the doodler might have butchered as many as 14 people. Um, as I said earlier, three men were assaulted but somehow managed to escape. Um, they were no- never identified by name uh, in fear of outing themselves. But the lead inspector on the case at the time, uh, named Rotia Guilford, told reporters that one was a well-known entertainer, the second was a European diplomat, and the third man left the city and didn't want anything to do with the police. Okay. But the other two men that I had mentioned did give descriptions to the police. So they, they gave a little bit, but that was it. They were like, I'm done. I'll tell you this. Don't talk to me anymore. Like, yeah. I also think it was kind of interesting that they seemed to be pretty high-profile people. Yeah, they didn't um, want, like, they would think it would, like, ruin their career or something, which is absolutely terrible. Um, that bothers so me so f- much. Like that, the world was like that, and it still is like that. It, it makes is me still so like mad. that in some places. Yeah, it's it's so we're. I don't like using the word privileged, but we are so privileged up here with like how open and accepting we are. And I know that not everyone is open and accepting, but like for Christ's sakes, we have a gay village downtown Toronto. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the world isn't like Ontario. Ontario. The world isn't like Ontario. Yeah. And it's hard to see. Like, I said earlier, we went to Atlanta and uh, we were stopped by two young girls there who, like, uh, they were part of the LGBTQ community. And they were like, can you sign this petition so we could get married, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, y'all can't get married down here? Yeah. Like, what? And I'm I'm so ignorant to that because we're so used to it here. Yeah. Like, and, like, when they did finally legalize in some of, like, the states gay marriage and, like, in the states people would be like oh i'm moving to canada and i'm like dude it's been legal here for forever so what the hell are you talking about (laughs) i remember i went to pride the first year that we legalized marriage here which surprisingly was like i think it was like 2005 or something like canada's not you know entirely pure here no um so it took us a while to legalize it too but i went to the pride parade the year that it was legalized and there was a huge float that was hosting like mass weddings so there was like 30 or 40 weddings oh my god i've never cried so much in my life um it was lovely (laughs) that is amazing so anyways canada's awesome (laughs) to an extent to an extent it was in 2000 you don't want to overgeneralize we have our assholes we all have our assholes here but and it was 2003 that it was legal. thank you yeah you're welcome thank you for clarifying that yeah i googled (laughs) (laughs) um a few months after the last victim was found the police department released a sketch and a description of the suspect um guilford told the centennial which is an lgbtq newspaper at the time that the suspect quote often sits in bars doodling caricatures and cartoons on napkins uh he's described as african-american between 19 and 22 years old slender a little shy of six feet and frequently wore a navy type watch cap which i don't know what that is but i'm picturing like a like a paper boy hat kind of thing yeah i would picture that too they released uh the sketch in the description in hopes of finding a suspect um the centennial was one of the few media outlets covering the story at the time uh the zodiac killer was still big news and in 1973 and 1974 the so-called zebra murders plagued the city um i'd actually never heard of this one so i had to google it uh so just a quick recap uh there was a group of black muslim men that were killing white victims which is why they called it the zebra killings who comes because up with it's these black names? and white? I don't fucking know. <sighs> but yeah, so there was um the Zodiac, this guy. I believe there was another active killer. I don't want to say the wrong name though. So because the victims were gay men, this did not get press coverage. 
Um, so the Centennial, who was the, quote, gay newspaper at the time, were pretty much the only ones covering it. Yeah. Some people in the gay community wondered if the police were taking the doodlers' killing seriously enough. Um, Randy Alfred, who was the uh, Centennial's editor, said, quote, There was a feeling they would have given it a lot more attention if the victims had been white society women from Pacific Heights. I mean, um, they're not wrong. I agree with him to an extent, yeah. Um, well, actually, not even to an extent. I just fully agree with him. Yeah. <laughs> In January 1976, the San Francisco Chronicle finally ran a story about the doodler, and two days later, a suspect was arrested. Um, According to the Centennial, he was detained, quote, outside a Tenderloin bar last Friday night, which I think a Tenderloin bar is like a, I want to say it's like a strip club or something, like it's a... Okay. Not somewhere you take your kids, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, He was captured on a Friday night after a bar treat bar patron called to report that a man fitting the composite drawing furnished by the San Francisco Police Department had entered the bar and was offering to draw sketches of the patrons. So it sounds like the guy. Yeah. Um, according to the paper, quote, the man was carrying a butcher knife and a book of sketches when the police nabbed him. So You're just walking around with like a butcher knife? <laughs> just casual. Just casual. <laughs> police questioned the man repeatedly and uh, the paper quoted an unnamed police source as saying the suspect had confessed to the killings to a psychiatrist. Um, quote, he's having difficulty with his sexuality, Guilford told the Chronicle at the time. Quote, he's probably ashamed of what he's doing. Homosexuality has never been accepted in the black community. Um, which I'm going to add at this point, homosexuality at general, in general was never accepted at this point in time. But, um, and again, I'm trying to be sensitive here, specifically in the black community, um, even to this day, there's there's still very anti-gay mm-hmm. in the black community. For the most part, I don't want to generalize too much. I'm not trying to offend anyone. Um, so this, the lead investigator is sort of saying that he's su- suppressing his true identity because he's a black male, essentially. Okay. Um, the guilt he's experiencing causes him to want to erase the act he's committed. Hence the murder. Hence, yeah. Like rage. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, the only three living victims refused to testify, uh, most likely because they feared the public outing. Um, so if they don't testify, they really don't have anything on him then. Yeah. Okay, Because there's no, I mean, at that time there was no DNA. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, they, they collected swabs and stuff, I'm sure, but they, this is the 70s, you know, they didn't have what we have. Yeah. So yeah, they refused to testify. Um, an Associated Press headline read, quote, murder suspect free because gay silent, which is just... It's awful on That's, so many levels. They wrote so that? First, yep, the Associated Press. Uh, so first, wow. they are shamed into the closet for being gay. And then they are trying to shame them out of the closet because there's a murderer in the community. It's like, what do you want from them? Yeah. Like, That's terrible. So I just, That's disgusting. But just to show the times, you know what I mean? Like, it's it was not a good time for them. No. Um, but that being said, kind of a valid headline. Like, none of the men wanted to speak up um i wonder why that well that's exactly it it's it's a what's the word we're gonna go back to your 10 pounds of shit in one pound pound bag bag, where it's like you know i'm sure deep down inside they wanted to do the right thing but it's it could potentially ruin their life you know what i mean like at that point they fear for their lives because society is fucked and doesn't they accept their jobs you know uh hypothetically they're married with children because they're so in the closet you know what i mean like so there is a lot of fear there um, but I do wish that someone spoke up, but I understand why they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Being a Libra is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> I just see every side to everything ever. But yeah, so terrible headline. Um, there was no major updates in the case until 2018. 
Uh, a police art- artist updated the sketch, aiding the doodler, drawing as he might look today as an older man. Uh, if he's still alive, he'd be in his early 60s. So give or take, he's probably still alive. Yeah. Um, Did they have the any, ca- after like, you said the fifth victim, right? Mm-hmm. After that, did, was there any like cases kind of like that fit the MO of him? Nothing that I saw. It seemed to just sort of... My theory is that the the person that they had nabbed at the bar was the killer, mm-hmm. and he got scared off by being arrested, so he just stopped. It's That's like just an on-off switch. It's done. Yeah. Or he moved and started doing it elsewhere, and it went undetected. I'm not sure. Um, or he, but, he uh, accepted his sexuality and is no longer angry. Yeah, we could hope that. I mean, he still kill, killed people yeah. to face justice, but I would like to hope that he... Uh, feels better about himself the case's new lead investigator inspector dan cunningham is going to start working with the san francisco police department crime lab uh, he's hoping that modern forensic technology might manage to extract usable dna samples from the decades-old evidence gathered at two doodler crime scenes so they still have dna from two of the crime scenes okay uh they've been stored away um another inspector kenneth moses has said quote we made a lot of effort to collect a lot of blood samples at that time uh he actually worked in the lab at the 70s so he was the one who collected them stored them and made sure they were good just in ca- i think that's so cool that people do that like just in case yeah, technology gets know. better um i think it was fuck what were we watching i was watching some crime show and uh this lady saved uh i believe it was samples from like drugs and she glued them into her notebook in, like, a little baggie mm-hmm. just in case technology got better. And then in, like, the 90s or something, like, years later, um, another case similar to hers opened up. And she fucking called the police and was like, go to this forensic lab that I used to work at. If my notebooks are still there, there should be fucking samples in my notebook that you guys can use. And they ended up catching the guy based on that. Holy crap. That's insane. So she kept this for, like, 30 years just, like, in her desk. That's insane that people can just in case DNA got better. Yeah, good for them. I thought that was so cool. That is cool. But yeah, that was off topic. (laughs) (laughs) So the doodler is now a number of cold cases that are making their way back into the spotlight after uh, this a suspect was named in the Golden State Killer case. Um, So they actually arrested a guy back in April of 2019 thanks to advances in DNA technology. For those of you who are not familiar with the Golden State Killer, he's accused of a string of robberies, rapes, and killings. Uh, committed across California in the 1970s and 1980s. Um, So the suspect, Joseph D'Angelo, was arrested uh, six days after police swabbed his car door. Um, They collected a DNA sample that uh, reportedly matched samples gathered from crime scenes decades ago. Oh, my God. So this guy's, like, in his 60s. He's married with kids. Um, He did go to trial. He did not enter a plea, so we're still saying alleged Mm -hmm. killer. But, yeah, so they used modern dna technology to catch him um also authorities in vallejo california hope dna technology might now lead them to my personal fave the zodiac killer uh who killed at least five people in the bay area in the late 1960s um detectives have reportedly sent two letters written by the killer to crime labs for analysis so it's kind of really cool that like this one golden state killer case is now reopening all these other cases we've got the zodiac we've got the doodler so let's hope that like we find dna that matches and we can catch these guys i'm hoping for a positive update yeah um so was that door the, sorry the the dna they got from the door handle was that from mm-hmm. the doodler or is that the golden state that's the golden state okay, killer okay. i don't know why they swabbed his door i didn't see if they were like tracking him prior to this or what the story was but they just happened to swab his, his door and it matched the golden state killer dna that's crazy so 
we're like you know pretty sure it's him but it's not official in a court of law yet there's like some like um i've no, i know some cases not off the top of my head but i've been listening to some cases and um there you know like how you can have like the ancestry dna thing yeah, yeah. um oh, people yeah. have been caught through that mm-hmm. because and it's not like it's not like if i give up my dna it's like me it's like you have like a family member with some part of your dna mm-hmm. it's all mixed i think i've heard something about that mm-hmm. where like a great nephew or something did it yeah and, and it's all like linked that. because now it's all like within this database and they have access to it i think it's so cool i think it's incredibly smart that the, like they could have destroyed all this dna from the 70s you know what i mean yeah they could be like we could never advance in technology and this could just be all we have let's just toss it we're never going to use it but they didn't thank you for being so optimistic everybody <laughs> yeah everyone who did that <laughs> we're <you're> not <laughs> so optimistic uh the latest update on the case came in february of 2019 san francisco police released new information and offered a one hundred thousand dollar reward in hopes of closing this cold case uh they released a, the sketch from 2018 so they actually withheld the sketch for a year okay um i don't know why but they did. So they released that in 2019, as well as an audio recording of a call to police dispatch by an unknown man reporting a body along the beach around 1.30 a.m., the same morning that the first victim's body was discovered. Uh, so the call uh, they released said, I quote, I believe there might be a dead person on the beach. I thought I saw somebody lying there, but I didn't want to get too close to him because you never know what could happen. When the operator asked uh, if the man wanted to give his name, he responds, quote, No, I don't think that's necessary. I just want to let somebody know. Maybe he needs help or something. But I felt it was my duty to report it. Um, the police also believe that the doodler was seeing a psychiatrist with the last name of Priest practicing in the East Bay area. And they're seeking information about him as well. Um, so they are actively searching right now. Do they think um, this caller was him? I think they do. Um, but I don't think it's him because okay. I, I, it's very weird that he would show remorse like that. He could Cause... though. Like there's been, there's, cause their killers are, can usually go back to the crime scene, right? Yeah. And I will say it was his first victim. So maybe it was like the, the first kill jitters for lack of a better term. Jitters. He was like, <laughs> cause, uh, there was never, as far as I know, there was never any calls after the other victims, okay. just the first one. Okay. So. My most likely theory is that it was just a random who just happened to walk by and they're just trying to find him to see if he saw anything else. But it is possible that maybe he, uh, after his first kill, felt some remorse and called 911 on himself. Yeah, you never know. Uh, so many of the officers involved in the original Doodler investigation, as well as the witnesses, um, they've died in the 43 years since the Doodler's last suspect. Um, the lead investigator, uh, Guilford, she actually passed away in 1998. So really right now, to close this case, they are relying solely on the DNA from the 70s. Yep. So they're running that in the systems. They're trying to see if anyone matches. I will update you That's as nuts. soon as I hear more. That is crazy that they can do that I hope that they now. catch this guy. I hope they do, too. I wonder if he's still alive. Yeah. I thought that was fun. I really love... Um, I mean, I know this one doesn't have an ending, but I love when cold cases get their ending. Yeah. And someone actually, like, cares about them now. Because they... Yeah. This, this community obviously was not cared about at all back in the 70s. No. Not one bit. So... Yeah. So that one that one caught my attention, mostly because of the, the new um, information that's coming out. I thought that was really neat um and I, th- I think it's kind of it's a sad crime you know yeah. it's whenever someone is sort of suffering psychologically and then become a killer i always have like a little bit of a soft spot for them because i just want them to be better yeah and um, they could be better yeah this choose not yeah. to be better unfortunately yeah so it was a it was a dark time to be a gay man in the 70s and this guy just made it a lot worse for everybody so yeah, yeah. 
Um, a lot of what I was reading too said like, um, you know, if there was like an assault on the street or something and a, and a gay man would report it, the police would like turn them away and like not give a shit too. So like, for all we know, people could have been assaulted by this guy and just not reported it. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's, it's, it's so many sad sides to this case. Yeah. But yeah, That's hopefully we'll get an update soon. I would love to see an update. Gotta love science. Science is awesome. I wanted to take forensics in school so bad, but I was never good at like writing the labs in science. <laughs> I like doing the experience or the uh, experiment, and then they're like, write about it. And I'm like, no. You're like, you just watched me do it. <laughs> like, I was already here. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, that was fun. Uh, my boyfriend actually took um, forensics, so he tells me about DNA and stuff all the time. He explains it way, way better than any <laughs> teacher ever could. I look like um, Joe Exotic. Oh my God. Danielle needs out of the house, you guys. I do. She needs out of the house so bad. <laughs> my roots are so bad, and the bottom of my hair is just super blonde, so I put my ponytail over my head. It's now I look like Joe ombre. Exotic. It's balayage. <laughs> do I look like him? You look just like Joe Exotic. Thanks. Actually, while we're talking about Joe Exotic, I feel like I want to put out a PSA. <laughs> I have been thinking long and hard about this and i am not gonna cover any tiger king on the podcast no thank you we could talk about it you know if there's any updates i don't mind doing banter but everyone is doing it right now yeah and i love it don't get me wrong like it's it's hilarious it's my favorite thing in the world right now but i don't think i want to cover it so <laughs> psa i'm sorry my opinion is the same as everyone else's carol baskin killed her husband they're all fucking nuts the end yeah there's my covering of the tiger king they all need to be in jail every single one of them yeah That's they're it. all fucked yeah that's the most frustrating part of the whole documentary is there's no good guy. Yeah, there's none. <laughs> there's no one to root for. Yeah. <laughs> like, I make jokes about Free Joe Exotic, but absolutely do not Free Joe Exotic. Keep him in there. <laughs> He's fucked. God. But yeah, I just wanted to put that out there because I've been thinking about it. Like, I almost did it, but I was like, everyone's doing it. And there's only so many things that can be said. Carol Baskin killed her husband. Yeah. The end. But yeah, this was fun. We had a lot of banter today. We did. This is a good one. We hope you guys like it. Um... We are still working on those spooky stories. We did get a couple more this week. Yeah. We keep saying we're going to sit and go through it, but life happens. Um, every time I'm, like, dead at work and I go to go through it, something happens and everyone's like, we need you right now at work. And I'm like, but you haven't needed me for three weeks. So, <laughs> And I'm I've, I'm basically like a toddler, whereas when I'm done at four o'clock, I take myself and put myself down for a nap. It's the cutest. And then I sleep until six and I make dinner and then I go back to bed. That's my life now because I fucking hate being at home. <laughs> it's driving me nuts. <laughs> But I don't also don't want to go back to work. So, I mean, I am working. I I'm a little go nervous to go back to work. I don't. It's weird. I just. But half of me is like, we should go back to work. We should, you know, build up the immunity, you know, get back into normal. But then the other half of me is like, no, hide. We're not done yet. Yeah, no, I can do my job at home. So. <laughs> yeah, so far I still can too. They want me to go in and clean some stuff. But I was like, mm, when I'm done. Mm, no. <laughs> mm, no. So we're going on week eight of this shit. Which means we need you guys to talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> lots and lots. And Danielle's going to tell us where you can do that. You can uh, do that on Instagram at a spooky hour podcast. Or you can find us on Twitter at spooky hour. And you can email in your spooky, scary, murdery stories to the spooky hour podcast 666 at gmail.com. You can find our email in this cool little link thing on Instagram that Holly put out. Yeah, we have a button now. Um, I'm dumb, and I didn't know that you could put an email button, and uh, I figured that out the other night while I was going through our Instagram. So we now have an email button. I'm eventually going to take the email out of the bio and just leave the button there, but for the transitional period, I don't want to confuse people. We'll leave the email there for now, Yeah, uh, and then it's going to disappear. <laughs> 
But we'll leave it on, like, Twitter but, and stuff. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. You'll find us. Don't worry. We're there. Come hang out with us. We're bored. Very bored. <laughs> so bored. So bored. But, yeah. Until next time, stay safe. And stay spooky. Bye. Bye.